welcome to Who Ate It First, a food history podcast by two self-proclaimed foodies where we explore the background of our favorite foods and dishes and then try our hand at recreating them. We're back, baby. We're back, baby. It's kind of a cool feeling. What's your name? No one probably knows who we are. My name is Kendall Runquist. My name is Logan Runquist. We are married, in case that wasn't implied already. Uh, We used to... Two years ago, back in 2020, we hosted a different podcast called Tales of Plenty. It was extremely popular. Got a whole nine viewers. Nine listeners. listeners and But one was from Germany? France. France. And we love them. Yeah. We never met the person. No, I'm just saying <laughs> I love them. it was exciting them. to have somebody not in the United States or our friends listen. I just have a lot of questions. How did you find us? Why did you like us? <laughs> they listened to, I think, every episode, except maybe one. They were so loyal. But we're back in we're a new back. podcast. Post-quarantining, and it's good. Yeah. So we're excited to to bring us to you, and we hope that you enjoy it. So as we said, this is Who Ate It First. We're going to talk a bit about history of our favorite foods. And for this first inaugural episode, we have Logan presenting... Hello, I am presenting French fries. I love me some French fries. Yes. So today I wanted to talk about French fries. Classic. Seemingly American food. But where does it come from? I mean, it's in the name, right? It's the French. False. False? It might not actually be French people. There's kind of a lot of kerfuffle around who can claim French fry as their food. So let me tell you a little bit about it. But first, a little French lesson for you. In French, potato is pomme de terre, and that translates to apple of the earth, which is disgusting. Yeah, you would think it would be like sweet like an apple, right? One would think, but for whatever reason, that is their word for potato. Also, potatoes are roots and apples grow on trees. I think what they were meaning was the inside of a Red apple is white-ish, sort of starchy looking. Okay. And the inside of a potato is white and sort of starchy looking. I think they look like they have a similar texture. And then, I mean, I don't bite into potatoes on the reg, but I would imagine they sort of have that same crunch. I don't think I've ever bitten into a raw potato like it's an apple. That sounds unsafe and gross. It does. I kind of want to try it now, though. Oh, darn. We're fresh out of biteable potatoes. Dang it. Anyway, just wanted to give you that little fun fact. So French fries are called pomme frites and are very commonplace in today's French food. You've probably heard of a meal like steak frites, which just means steak and fries. Very delicious. So who ate it first? Well, that's up for debate. Some say the Belgians. Some say, yes, it was indeed the French. Others say Americans by way of the Spanish. My information comes from a National Geographic article by Rebecca Rupp and the Fascinating History of Food podcast. It's been said that fries originated in Belgium. There were villagers there along the River Meuse. They ate traditionally fried fish. In the wintertime, when the river froze, the fish-deprived villagers fried potatoes instead as their main food source. So it's said that this dish was discovered by American soldiers living in Belgium during World War I. 
Since the predominant language of southern Belgium is French, they dubbed the tasty potatoes French fries. So Americans stored that little factoid away as fact for decades. So that's why some people think French fries are actually Belgian? Belgian. Belgian. Belgian, there you go. I don't know why that sounded wrong. Belgian. I mean, I could. (laughs) Alternatively, French fries might really be French, as they were first sold by street vendors on Paris's Pont Neuf in the 1780s. I didn't know this, but potatoes were not native to Europe at all. Even though when we think potato, we usually think Ireland, right? Yeah. Like the potato famine. Yeah. You know. But actually, they were brought over by the Spanish. Fun fact, the French didn't think potatoes were a good enough vegetable for common people to eat, and they were first fed to pigs and prisoners due to their seemingly low nutritional value. It was all because of one man, Parmentier, to get the vegetable on the up-and-up and deem it worthy to be eaten by everyone, including royalty. Yeah, that's so funny, because like nowadays in our society, potatoes are eaten so much. Right. I probably have something potato-related at least once a day. And there is some version of potato or starch at every main meal across cultures worldwide on the daily. Yeah. So everybody- such a universal vegetable now that everybody eats. Everybody loves potatoes. And it's so high in starch and it's really cheap, which is why a lot of countries were using it. You could get it on the cheap. You could make things in bulk. Yeah. And so- It's a very versatile vegetable too. You can do a lot of things with it. Definitely. The first written mention of French fries seems to have been that of Pedro Cieza de Leon. You'll have to excuse my Spanish. I speak French. He was a teenage conquistador turned historian who, in 1553, published a memoir of his experiences entitled The Chronicles of the Incas, which sounds like a movie in my opinion. In it, he describes the potato, one of the principal foods of the natives, as kind of an earth nut, which, after it is boiled, is as tender as cooked chestnuts. Mm -hmm. Brought home to Spain, the Incan potatoes may very well have been served fried, because frying in oil was a Spanish culinary tradition. Though the end result would have looked a little more tater tot-esque, as early potatoes were lumpy and no bigger than golf balls. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, you do like a good tater tot. I love a good tater tot. Who doesn't? (laughs) Who doesn't love tater tots? Thomas Jefferson, possibly the first American foodie, by the way, is generally credited with introducing the French fry to America. And in his case, the fries were definitely French because he encountered them while serving as American minister to France from 1784 to 1789. So you're saying when Thomas Jefferson came home, he introduced them. Yeah, exactly. He was bringing the fries back to the U.S. Why didn't he write a song about that? I don't know. Lin-Manuel Miranda, you should make an addendum to Hamilton and add in French fries. Yeah, seriously. Shout out to Lin-Manuel. If you're listening to this, which you probably aren't, please write a song about Thomas Jefferson bringing home French fries because I would cry. Same. <laughs> Jefferson had collected recipes, and among the 150 he brought back, one was fried potatoes, which Jefferson originally knew as pommes de terre frites à cru en petite tranche, which means potatoes deep-fried while raw in small cuttings. 
Anyway, so the Belgians are currently petitioning UNESCO to endorse the fry as an official icon of Belgian cultural heritage, which, like, we stan. I love that. Yeah. Amazing. That's really cool. They not only eat more French fries than the French, but also boast more French fry vendors, or in their language, fricots per capita than anywhere else in the world. And if that isn't enough, Belgium is also known as the world's first, and so far only, French fry museum. It's in huh. the okay, that's a, cool. right. It's in a city called Bruges, and it is hilariously amazing as it sounds. I went on their website, ten out of ten. <laughs> I want to go there yeah. immediately. <laughs> we need to do some research, so let's fly to Belgium. Good idea, love it. Fry factoid: the average American eats twenty nine pounds of French fries a year. That is about 77 large-sized servings of McDonald's french fries. And polls show that the french fry is the favorite vegetable of toddlers because they have a very discerning palate. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, ev- when you think about it, every restaurant always serves, like, cheese pizza or, like, something in fries in the kid's menu. Yeah. So today, after learning all of those lovely nuggets of information, we're following the French fry recipe by Frank, Chef Frank, on Epicurious, and a modified garlic aioli recipe by Brandon on Kitchen Confidence, and confidence is spelled with a K. I said modified because it's technically a truffle aioli, but I couldn't find uh, truffle oil at the grocery store. So it's a garlic aioli, (laughs) because I love a good garlic aioli a la Hop Dottie, because I think Hop Dottie's Parmesan truffle fries and their beautiful aioli is just one of God's gifts to us, <laughs> and I love them. Yeah. For those of you that are not familiar, we live in Austin, Texas. Hop Dottie is a, a chain or a restaurant here, and yeah, they have delicious French fries. What is, would you consider that your favorite French fries? It's so hard to pick a favorite French fry. I mean, in order to do a little market research for this, we went to Whataburger. Deep deep market research there. (laughs) And they do have delicious fries. Although I would say Whataburger, you're in it for the burger. McDonald's really has their finger on the pulse of what a good fry is. Yeah. And they always have. And it's still that way. Their fries still slap. Every time you go. Yeah. Yeah. Those are delicious. Hard to beat, I would say. But I think I like Hop Dottie because A, they have gourmet burgers. So that's delicious. And their fries are a little more on the gourmet side. So it doesn't feel quite as like you're slinging fast food back and forth with fries like a McDonald's. Like it feels a little more culinarily elevated. Gotcha. Is that a word? (laughs) I don't know. It is now. Yeah, I, I think one of my favorite is another place here in Austin, Salty Sow. They're duck fat fries. Oh, wait. Are, if we're talking about ultimate, then. Oh, I was talking like ultimate, like favorite, okay. favorite French fry. Now, these fries were written up on Food Network's Best Thing I Ever Ate or something like that. I think that. so, yeah. One of their chefs rated that the best thing they've ever eaten, which, fair, they're fried in duck fat. Yeah. And they come with a soft-boiled egg. Yeah, yeah, there's an egg on top of it that kind of 
gets all mixed together. And I think it's also a truffle aioli sauce. I don't know. It tastes delicious. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't quite remember, but it's, yeah, oh God, it's so good. If you're ever in Austin, definitely go to Salty Sal. Salty Sal. Truffle duck fat fries. Duck fat fries. Gotta do it. Speaking of fries, I'm really hungry now. Should Same. We head on into the kitchen and try to make some? Let's go. I need a French fry like ASAP. All right. Let's do it. Hey, Kendall, why aren't we in the kitchen? Great question, Logan. And the reason why that is, is because the audio failed me. Yeah. So I do apologize, everyone. Uh, I know that our segment is normally us in the kitchen actually cooking the french fries and we do have that audio it's the first time that we did this setup in this style of podcasting so we're experimenting a lot and the audio honestly just did not come out good so for this episode we are not going to be having our kitchen audio but in future episodes we did find the issue and we're going to correct that in future episodes So I do hope that you stick with us. And again, I'm really sorry that you're not going to get the kitchen audio. Maybe we'll release that as like a bonus content down the line or something like that. (laughs) Bonus. But for now, we are just going to do this. And we're going to just kind of talk about the the recipe that we did cook so that you still get some explanation of, of what we did. In the next episodes, we will actually be in the kitchen. So we are using Epicurious on YouTube, and the chef is Frank Proto. So Frank, Chef Frank, we love him. He recommended that we use russet potatoes because they have higher starch content, and it's really going to give us the snap and the fry that we're looking for. We're looking for a McDonald's-esque fry, really crunchy on the outside, golden brown, delicious, and soft and pillowy on the inside. So russet potatoes are going to give us that. We also used a French mandolin to cut those. We don't want to cut those with just a regular knife. It was able to give us the really long, skinny fry that we were looking for. We also used a guard on that because I was super scared of cutting myself. (laughs) Yeah, the, the cool thing with the mandolin is it has all these like blades that are kind of set straight up. So it slices a bunch of slices down the potato, and then you have one long blade that then also at that same time kind of cuts all of those slices. That's how you get the french fry shape. It's kind of a crazy looking device. It almost looks like a small torture device. Yeah, it can be dangerous because there's a lot of blades. So that's why we're using that card because you have to be careful with that. Super dangerous. So after we had cut those, we put them in a preliminary bowl of water. So you do a first soak to get just those initial starches off of the fries. And then we put them in a secondary bowl and we let those soak. Chef Proto recommended between six to eight hours or overnight. And we did overnight because we wanted them to be extra good. (laughs) So we really wanted to make sure that they were fully saturated and we get all those starches out. So fast forward to the next day when we pulled them out and we dried them off really well. Hot oil and water can cause grease fire, so we were definitely sure to pat them all dry on a flat cookie sheet. 
let all that water drain off. And we had a pot of oil set at 300 degrees for our preliminary fry, and that's called a blanch, which I thought that was only for like leafy vegetables, you know, like you you blanch your vegetable. Like I just I didn't know that you did that with frying. I thought that was for I don't know, cooking other vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm clearly not a chef. So for this fry, we were using vegetable oil. We also didn't have a candy thermometer or a spider that Chef Frank recommended, but we used an instant read thermometer and a slotted spoon, which is probably not great, but that's what we had in our kitchen. We we did the best that we could with the tools that we had. Yes. <laughs> so we put our first batch in there for about three minutes with a little stir, make sure they don't stick together. And then we pulled them out after they started to slightly change color. You only want about three minutes. You just want some of the water to come out of the fry because we're trying to get it really crispy. So just a tiny little bit and had to do that in two batches. So that doesn't bring the oil temperature down too far. And our pot wasn't really big. So had to do two batches and chef Frank recommended chilling in the fridge for about three to four hours, which we didn't do because we didn't have that time. So we did it for about 45 minutes that they were cold throughout. And then we did our secondary fry. And that happened at 375 degrees. So we upped that temperature and we fried until they were a beautiful brown color. I only did one batch. I was a little scared of the super hot oil. So Kendall took over (laughs) to the rest of them. And immediately we put those super hot fries into a bowl where we added salt because you really want that salt to stick to the outside of the fry when it is super hot. So just kind of drain off the oil in your spoon and then put it directly into the bowl. And that was pretty much it. It was a very simple recipe. Frank made it really, really easy, breaking down frying steps. And yeah. Yeah, it was actually a pretty straightforward recipe. It was just a little time consuming, (laughs) but it was great. Highly recommend it. And you'll hear our review of the recipe. Right now. Right now. <laughs> so we will catch y'all in our next segment, Raver Roast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those French fries were tasty. Actually, they were really, really tasty. We overdid it on the salt a little bit, but wow, they were actually really good. Actually, super, super good. Okay, so our segment, Rave or Roast, we're going to rate our dish 0 to 10 chef's kisses. So, Kendall, how many chef's kisses do you give this dish? I was actually going to let you go first since this was your episode. Oh, my gosh. Okay. seems appropriate. Not to be biased, but I would say I would give us 9.5 out of 10 chef's kisses. Those were delicious. They were hot, salty. I knocked it half a point. I definitely overdid it on the salt on both the fry. And I might have put a little too much in the aioli itself. But the aioli was really simple. Just some mayonnaise, some lemon juice, a garlic clove, salt, pepper, and then a little bit of Lowry's seasoned salt because (laughs) seasoned salt makes everything better. (laughs) And we had put regular table salt on the fries, the really fine granules. And yeah, so 
That's a nine and a half from me. Yeah, for me, I pretty much agree, actually. I'm probably going to just do a solid nine out of 10 because they, they were extremely delicious. Like they were nice and crispy. They were all fully cooked in the middle too. All of is, them. Yeah, that was the part that I was worried that we were going to undercook. But no, they were they were delicious. Just yeah, by the end, we definitely overdid it with the salt and I had to actually stop eating them because I had to chug two glasses of water from the salt. <laughs> I didn't. I powered through. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nine out of chef nine out of ten chefs kisses for me. Thank you. So delicious. Hey. I call that a success. Good job. So yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in to our first episode of Who Ate It First. We are Logan and Kendall Frankfurt. It's been delicious. See you later. Bye.